0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for December six, two thousand eighteen. I'm teaching a series entitled "Standing on a Word from God." We've been studying. First, we studied the life of Abraham. Now we're studying the life of David, and it's been amazing. So this is actually part sixty-four of the overall series. Part thirty-six of the life of David. The title of today's message is "The Grace." to endure. As a believer, you got to know that the grace of God is on you to keep going, to endure. To listen, you if you listen to me long enough, you're going to know that you can't give up. You can't cave in, cave in. You cannot quit. You have to keep going because the hand of God, the favor of God is on you. So today I'm going to cover 1 Samuel chapter 19 verses 1 through 17. So a lot to cover this morning. Let's get into it. Yesterday we learned that King Saul actually got to the point where he hated David. I know I know hate Is a strong word, but that's what the Bible says. He hated David. And it didn't matter to him that David was married to his daughter. It didn't matter to him that his son was David's best friend. It didn't matter to him that the soldiers loved David and were ready to go into combat whenever he said go. It didn't matter to him that the people loved, but the people within his kingdom absolutely loved David. So what? He hated him. He hated him no matter what. Chapter 19 opens... With King Saul, urging his servants and his son, Jonathan, which is crazy to go and assassinate David. Now, Jonathan, Prince Jonathan's like, no, that's my boy. You know what I'm saying? So he went and told David, hey, my dad wants to have you killed. Listen, you need to watch out. Don't do this. This is what he's planning to do. And this was dangerous for Jonathan because Saul was so crazy at this point in his life that he could have had his own son killed. And so he said, listen, I want you to hide out right here. I'm going to talk to my dad tomorrow. So he goes out and Jonathan says, dad, I need to talk to you and let's go out into the fields. And so they go out into the fields. He has a conversation with his dad. It was like, listen, this man has done nothing wrong to you. Remember, it was him. He killed the giant for you. I mean, what are you talking about? He's the guy that's playing the heart for you and all these things. Come on, dad. You don't need to kill him. He was like, "Okay, all right, son. As surely as the Lord lives, this is what Saul says. David would not be killed. He was like, you sure? He was like, yeah, I'm sure. So he went back. Jonathan went and got David and said, hey, man, I talked to my dad. My dad seems to be cool right now. It's all right. Let me bring you together. He brings both men together so that they can reconcile. And and it seems like they reconcile. And David was like, all right, cool. So David goes back to the palace. And everything seemed to be all right. Uh, um, David went back to playing the harp for King Saul, all that stuff. But then soon, war broke out again. David led his troops against the Philistines. And he attacked them with so much fury, the Bible says, that they all ran away. After the battle, Saul was sitting at home. David was playing that harp, right? Everything seemed to be cool. But here we go again. David had a, I mean, King Saul had a spear in his hand. And while David is playing the harp, the Bible says that he threw the spear at David. David ducked, the Bible says, thankfully, or dodged the spear. That's what it says. I'm from Brooklyn. I say he ducked. So David ducked. And then the Bible says that the spear was left stuck in the wall. So it was one of those, it was like, boom. So that thing is stuck in the wall. And that night, that was it. The Bible says David quickly fled into the night. Now, what I love about this is like better than the movies, man. This is some good stuff. Let me tell you what happened next. So then Saul's troops went to David's house and they were instructed to kill David when he came out the next morning. So his wife, Michael, the king's daughter, Right. The princess. Michael said, man, my dad wants you killed. If you don't escape tonight, babe, you're going to be dead by the morning. So she helped him climb out of a window and he fled down, the Bible says, and he escaped. Then Michael was like, well, what do I do? Just like something out of the movies. The princess then took an idol, put it in the bed right, and then put the sheets over the bed and took. Goat hair, a cushion of goat hair, and kind of positioned it over there by the pillow, so it could look like it's David's hair. I mean, this is crazy. And then set it up like that. And so the troops went, uh, went and and she was like, "Well, my husband is is sick right now. He can't get out of the bed." And so the troops were like, "What? We're here to arrest David." It was like, "Well, he's sick right now. He can't get out of the bed." And they was like, oh, "Okay, ma'am." And so they leave and they go back to King Saul. And Saul was like, "What are you talking about?" Man, you bring that joker here. I don't care if you bring the whole bed. And so they go back to get David, and they're going back to, and they're ready to carry the bed if they have to. They go back to get David. I'm sorry, ma'am, get out of the way. They go to the bed and they, they find that it's like an idol, and they see the whole thing with the goat's hair and everything, and they're like, whoa. So then they bring the daughter to her father and say, Hey, this is what happened. And uh, and then King Saul, the Bible says, was furious. He said, Why have you betrayed me and allowed my enemy to escape? And so just like something out of the movies, she lied. She was like, um, well, what had happened was um, he threatened me. Daddy, it wasn't me. He was going to kill me if I didn't help him. Because she had to say that. Because if not, her dad might have even had her killed. And so she was like, come on, Daddy. You know I would never do that to you. It wasn't me. David was like, he lost his mind. He said he was going to kill me. And so I had to do this thing. And he was like, OK, baby, that's OK. Isn't that crazy? I mean, this is some crazy stuff. And you're like, well, Rick, wait a minute. This might be a good story, but I'm not, I don't tune in for no, for no telenovelas in the morning. I, wanted, I want the word. I, you got to talk to me. All right, cool. So what does this mean to you today? I know you got a lot of stuff to do today. So do I. I got a bunch of meetings, important meetings. That's cool. But let's get some word this morning. You're like, that was a good story, crazy story. What does that mean to me today? I got two things for you this morning. Open up your heart now to receive what god is saying you ready here we go number one look at me look at me real quick god never said it was going to be easy come on now god never said it was going to be easy david's life was much easier before all this mess started before the prophet samuel showed up in his house and anointed him to be the next king of israel it seemed like david was fine he was out there in in the fields okay his brothers didn't you know hang out with him his father didn't necessarily like him so what he was living a pretty much a decent life, a normal life, and then his life went crazy. You know why? Because the hand of God was on his life. His life went crazy. You know why? Because God called him to do something. Just because God calls you to do something and you accept the call doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Your life may go haywire. Things may go crazy. All hell may break loose. God, you may be pulled from zig to zag, from pillar to post, from place to place. At the end of the day, you got to know that you got to keep going. And just because you're facing opposition, it does not. I mean that you're outside of the will of God I run into people and be like well like Job's friends well if you if you're going through all of that you must have done something wrong like you know if you're going through challenges you must have done something wrong no challenges are not an indication that you're outside of the will of God challenges may be an indication that you're right smack dab in the middle in the center of God's will because the attack is against the assignment so if you're walking out the assignment then the attacks are gonna come you just have to keep going Satan knows and this is why satan knows that he can't stop you right if you've been watching me long enough you know i teach on the grace of god the hand of god god's spirit is in you god's grace is on you right you're covered by the blood of jesus filled with the holy spirit when you're doing what the father tells you to do and you're being led of the holy spirit you're only saying what he tells you to say you're only doing what he tells you to do it's the father living in me he gives me the words he performs the work when you're living like that satan can't stop you because stopping you would mean stopping god right and God cannot be stopped. So Satan knows that he can't stop you. When, when, when God is flowing through you, he can't stop you. But he also knows that God is not going to force his blessing on you. Because God honors you as a free moral agent. So if you choose to quit, God is not going to make you change your mind. So Satan says, aha, what I do, this is what Satan does. He tries to get you to quit. Because if he can get you frustrated, disillusioned, if he can get you to the point where you give up, cave in and quit, then you, you get stopped. But Satan didn't stop you. You stopped you. The only person who can stop you is you. If you give up, cave in and quit. That's why you have to keep going. I run into Christians all the time who run away from stuff, who just quit. They, they, they run away at the first sign of trouble. They run from their jobs. They run from their businesses. They run from their marriages. They run from their relationships. Uh, they run from opportunities. Why? Because it's hard. Come on now. God never said it was going to be easy. Just because it's hard doesn't mean that you got to run away. You got to you got to stick in there. The grace of God is on you to, to do it. The grace of God is on you to win. Don't run away just because life gets hard. Let me just close this first point with this question. How can you ever experience the Lord as an overcomer if you never stick around long enough to overcome? You have to stick in there. You have the grace to keep going, which leads me to my second and final point. Number two, you have the grace for the space between the promise and the performance. So here you go, God gives you a promise, and here's the performance of the promise. Now in that space, in the space between the promise and the performance, there's going to be a whole lot of stuff in the space between the promise and the performance. The devil's going to try to stir up some problems in the space between the confession and the completion. The devil is going to try to stir up some confusion. But you have grace for the space. You have the grace to keep going. You have the grace to endure. Um, And David had it and you have it. You have to keep going. The space between the promise and the performance is going to be challenging. Listen, God will give you a dream. God will tell you, this is what's going to happen in your business. You get all excited. And then for months, nothing is happening. Well, you have to keep, something is happening. You just don't see it. It's not in the natural. There are things working. There are things working even when it doesn't look like it's working. So you have to keep going. And how you wait can impact how long you wait. David could have said, forget it. I'm tired of this mess. And he could have ran back home to Bethlehem. But he didn't do that. Why? Because there was something set before him. He was anointed to be the next king of Israel. Don't make the mistake of regressing. You can delay your blessing by running away. So keep going. Stick in there. You have the grace for it. And then finally, last thing I'll say, while you are enduring the space between the promise and the performance, you should often remind yourself that God is on you and in you and with you and for you. If you take the pressure off of you, and remind yourself that it's God. Hey, listen. God, I was minding my own business when, when you started this thing. I never wanted this. I never asked for this. And I, that's my testimony. Listen, there are a lot of things that God has called me to. And I've been enduring. I've been waiting for years for some things to happen. I, I, I really expect something. What I've been waiting on is going to happen in 2019. But, but even if it doesn't, you know, I'll keep going. I've been waiting. But listen, even before that, I remind Lord, listen. I was minding my own business when you told me that. I never asked you for it. Uh, this is not my my plan. This is I'm not a self-made man. Uh, I'm not living my own life. I'm not living life on my own terms. You're my God. You told me this. And if you told me this, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to be the problem. But come on, God, you got to You got I need your help. And, and, and he will give you that help. His hand is on you. He will help you to keep going. So as a believer, keep your eyes on him. Remind yourself that you have the grace for it so that you will never give up, never cave in and never quit. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you now to prophesy over your life and say this. Say, Father, I realize that there's often a space between the promise and the performance, between my confession and the completion of it, between my prayer and the manifestation of your prayer of the prayer. I also know. That the enemy is going to attempt to get me to give up along the way. Jesus received the word from you at his baptism, confirming that he was your son. Jesus was then led of your spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. Satan tested the word that Jesus received. He questioned whether or not he was the son of God. Now, Jesus had the grace to pass the test. So when Jesus came out of the wilderness, he came out in the power of the spirit. I declare that the same holds true for me. I receive your promises by faith. Satan comes to test what I receive. The testing will come to put pressure on me to give up. But I refuse to come up to give up. I come out of the testing phase in the power of the spirit. Because I have the grace to endure and I shall not be stopped. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. Sign up and get the messages. You're going to get my notes every day in the email for free. So sign up, do that. Get the messages. They're going to be a blessing to you. Listen, as you're heading into this day, I know you got a lot to do. Make a decision right now that you are going to embrace the grace of God to endure. Now, without God, you can't do it. But with God, you can do all things. Do me a favor. Before you leave the screen, if you haven't done so already, share this message on your social media. Let's let everyone everywhere know that with Jesus, they can keep going. God bless you.